Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Genty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Genty Show. Hope to see you soon. On Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. Welcome to the Beyond the Game podcast on Fishbowl Radio. My name is Jamie, and I don't know why my mic is like this, but anyways. Uh, so, I don't know why this is like this. I thought I had it. You are the best, Angela. You are the best. So, sorry about that. My little mic issue. So, anyway, so, welcome. It's Tuesday, November 21st, 2023. And, uh, yeah, it's two days before Thanksgiving. So, happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there, whether you celebrated it or not. Uh, so, anyways, oh, I, uh, before, I, before I talk about these Cowboys versus Panthers and possibly... Cowboys versus Commanders on Thanksgiving Day. Let me give a birthday shout out to uh, to a famous Camp Gladiator trainer. Her name is Jenny Bond. I can't pronounce her last name. Jenny Bond. Happy birthday to you. I think her birthday her birthday is Thursday, I believe. So I didn't really go to her party because I was just uh, I was just out of it and and you know and. I had I, I wanted to do other things, so but I feel bad for not going to her party this weekend. And so I just want to say a quick I just want to give a quick shout to her. Happy birthday to you, Jenny Bond. But anyways, alright, so let's dive into this Cowboys game. Cowboys versus Carolina. Uh, we uh, we won. I mean we, we 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 did what we were we were supposed to do. We got possessions. We we ran the ball. We got possession. We we threw it. We threw it a little bit. Uh, didn't really get the best game from that. But a win is a win. You're not going to expect them to play great every game. You got to set the results. You know the Panthers. The Panthers were were were, were trying to get to Dak, but they never they never touched him. They never touched Dak this this entire game. But they they were in mainly. I think they were mainly in zone coverages majority of the time. So so the Panthers defensively played great. You know, they gave up 33 points just because uh, of our def- our, of our uh, it wasn't because of our offense, it was just because we, we, we got timely drives. And so uh, if you look at it, they only really gave up 24 27 points. But it's not it's not as bad. You know, you talk about a seventeen to ten game at uh, the start of the fourth quarter. I mean, you got to give it. You got to give it up to them and all that stuff. But that's how let's diagnose Dak for a little bit because I always love to diagnose the quarterbacks. So Dak went twenty five for thirty eight for one eighty nine two touchdowns. Now I didn't know he threw thirty eight passes. I didn't know that at all. I thought he threw less than that. But the stat says he threw 38 passes, so I guess we just got to go with that. Um, 
He has been, like I said, he has been sacked in two games. So basically, clean jersey meant Eagles assess, success, right? You know, the offensive line hasn't beaten us, been criticized. You know, Terrence Steele to Zach Martin to Tyler Biotis, Tyler Smith, and Tyron Smith. They've all been criticized throughout the whole entire season of their play, and they're, they've been coming through. They've been coming through down the stretch, down the down the last two games of, of protecting the quarterback. And of course, when the pressure breaks, when the pocket breaks down, Dak will scramble. And, and I did. I, I'm seeing a lot of running from him than over the last three games. I've been seeing a lot. And and I told y'all, I said I want Dak to get out of the pocket more. I do think I I, I trust Dak extending plays with his feet to make things happen. So I trust that. Uh, wasn't expected. He he didn't play his best, but it was good enough to produce a victory. Now, Cowboys fans out there want we're so entitled, right? Some are, some are, some are entitled, some are entitled, some are not. To me, I'm not entitled, guys. And honestly, to answer my own question, I was not impressed. But first, let me get to the the entitled first. We expect Dak to throw a perfect game against the worst team in the NFL. I didn't expect Dak to play like I didn't expect Dak to, to put spectacular numbers, even though I said he'll throw three touchdown passes. I got close. I got close. But you got to understand. The Panthers are a desperate team. They have nothing going for themselves, which is why I would explain why their their team and their coaching is garbage. But nonetheless, I didn't expect a perfect game for that at all. Um, I did also write down there showing a lot of man coverage, so re- really that couldn't get the ball. He, the problem was he he could he couldn't really hit his receivers as much. I just don't know if it was lack of pressure or you know, like I said, the puck was breaking down. It was just it just wasn't his best outing, but I but it was okay. Again, the Panthers are are, are a good defensive team. That's all that they, that's all they can hang their hat for. Now let's get to Bryce Young. Bryce Young went 16 for 29 for 123, a touchdown and an interception. He was sacked seven times. Seven times he was sacked. The worst offensive line in the league has to go to the Panthers. You have to address the weakest link, and the weakest link wasn't the quarterback. The weakest link is the offensive line, in my eyes, that I saw, that I watched live. But I'm not in y'all's locker room. I'm not in y'all's organization. I don't care. For, I don't. I, don't I, well, I can't say I don't care. But well, I care for Bryce Young, but I don't care as a team aspect. Y'all haven't done anything in set in, in eight years. What have y'all done? You hired a coach that is ruining Frank. That's ruining Young's assessment. Young can't do the things he wants to do. To get out of the pocket, to make, be able to make his own decisions. I know, I understand he's a rookie, 
But at this point in time, you're not going anywhere with that type of coaching staff. You fired a coach. You hired a coach that just got fired last year from Indianapolis. What type of sense does that make? That's called desperate hiring. We got to hire the work. We got to hire. We, <laughs> there's a lot of coaches out there that, that are beneficial for the job. And you tell me you go with that joker that failed at Indianapolis but was good in Philly? Wow. I hate to be the dependence GM right now. All of these decisions that you're making right now is costing the team success. It's costing Bryce Young. And now people are going to say Bryce Young is the worst quarterback I, I, I ever seen. He's not even better than, than Cam Newton, to name a few. He's not even better than Jake DeLone. If you want to go back further. You know, Cam Newton, to, to this day, is the best quarterback in Carolina Panthers history. And, that, and their history is very short. He is, Cam Newton is the best quarterback in the history of the Carolina Panthers. If someone wants to fight me on that, then they can. But Cam Newton is the best. Now, he... he you can't do anything with, a, with an awful offensive line. <laughs> you really can't. That's why the Cowboys were getting home majority of the time. I think they got home. If you take the next-gen stats, they were there at least 78% of the time. <laughs> if, we, if we're talking about the worst line... The worst thing for Bryce Young is that line. He's not protected. I don't see how you ask this quarterback to develop. He don't need development. He needs protection. He has all the all the intangibles. You're not allowing him to to use that. What are you telling this man in the in, in the film room? What are you saying? What are you saying? That is it. That is he's regressing to the standard. But listen, I don't know what I'm talking about in Carolina Panthers history. I don't. Well, on their football team, y'all wanna y'all wanna hire y'all y'all wanna find five guys or six for that matter to not block, not protect, not just then be my guest. Alright, number two, defense. So Micah Parsons says so Micah Parsons said some things last week. Um, I really honestly didn't dive into it because I just me personally, I didn't care for what he he said last week. Like why should we care about a, a about a a guy that that, that 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 didn't get his shine last week against the Giants? Oh you didn't have a tackle, you didn't have a sack. You should be Grateful that someone else was able to step in and have a great game themselves. There's, there's a lot of defensive players that had a great game's last game, and you gave them no credit. And now it's all about you. It was you last week versus versus somebody else versus <laughs> versus their shine. So they they didn't get the shine last the last week from you, but yet this game when you had a sack and six sacks, oh you had two sacks, you had two and a half sacks. You get the shine versus someone else. 
Now someone else is saying, oh, Michael Parsons is the, is the best. Be, be, yes, he is the best. But I want these superstar athletes to be great teammates. Deron Bland had a great game. Stephon Gilmore, John uh, Curse, uh, Mozzie Smith. You know, like, they kept you in check. We've been saying that you should make adjustments. Like, you're going against the worst team in, 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 in two worst teams in, 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 in all of football, and you're crying about you not getting a shine, not you not getting a tackle, you not getting a sack. You're worried about that versus someone else. You can call it selfish, but I, 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 you know, it is selfish, but, but it is what it is. I'm glad Michael came back and had a great game. Now, Curse had a sack, Armstrong had a sack, Lawrence had a sack, and then Sam Williams and Goldston had at all. So we were basically in the backfield all game long. Now, Lan, I'm putting him as my early favorite at the defensive player of the year. There's nobody out there that's going to, that 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 can say otherwise. This man just got his fourth six pick, pick six interception of the season. That's tied for any other seasons. Now let's, let's play a clip from that interception. Here's Bryce Young. It's not time here. He throws and it's intercepted. It's Deron Blanton again. Blanton looking for another pick six and he's got it. It's his fourth of the year. I mean, we've seen. A whole so, anyways, uh, his fourth pick of the year, fourth pick six of the year. Like I said, I'm ready to I'm ready to put him in as a defensive player of the year. I'm ready. There's nobody else. Show me somebody that that's more worthy. Maybe Micah. I don't know who else. I'm ready to have that argument. I'm ready. Let's go. What does the Ron Bland need to do? First things first. It was Tyron Diggs. Now he's hurt, and Deron Bland is taking advantage of every opportunity he's getting. I just don't see what, what else he can do. I just don't see. Maybe teams will stop throwing to the side. But then again, you can't keep him off the field for long. Number three. Uh, Offensive line. Our line, we need our line in this game against the Commanders. We need our line. 278 yards rushing and no sacks. That's the quarter, that's the running backs of Tony Pollard and Rigo Dowd combined. And maybe you can add Dak in there as well. But we need our line in this game. No matter how badly we are hurt. You know, it, it's funny. I I told 
I told Angelo, and he, he, you know, and he, he was he was saying, "Oh, I'm pretty sure he was saying, oh, we got them, we got we got the Cowboys. We know what to, we know what to expect." And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, Angelo, you have to understand that your team is for Your team is a good team. However, however. You do have the best front seven in, uh, in all of football. You can be, you can get it, get to our quarterback. But remember, remember this: Dak likes to get out of the pocket. You will not have a quarterback spy for Dak. You won't, because Ronald Brevard won't have one for y'all. You won't. You have to tell him put a quarterback spy in the middle. Dak likes to run the middle of the field. He doesn't like to run on the side. He loves to run the middle. You can't run to the side because those sides. Are going to be covered. I'm telling you, I could be wrong, but I'm telling you now. Put a quarterback spot in the middle so that Dak, <laughs> Dak doesn't get an opportunity. Hey, isn't y'all isn't y'all fans? But nonetheless, we need our offensive line in this game. I don't care about the Giants and the Panthers and all that stuff. We beat up their defensive line. <laughs> wholeheartedly but 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 there's nothing else we can do we we'll have a tough time running the ball this game I'll say that we'll have a tough time running, running the ball period but I do want to give enough credit to, to all of them that's Tyron Smith Tyler Smith Tyler Biotis Zach Martin who could be still hurting from that ankle and then Terrence Steele. Can they keep this up? Yes. Absolutely. I trust them. Now, staying on the Panther side, number four, is their development, okay? Young hasn't been awful. This is not his fault. No, this is the offensive line. You and then again, you hired a coach that got fired at Indianapolis midseason. Then you replaced him with a guy that just came off the bench. Like, come on, man! Like, you can't hire your defensive coordinator that's been in the NFL for 17 years. And Raro, I can't pronounce his name. I'm sorry. Ijaro, Ijaro, I can't, I can't pronounce his name. I know who he is. The job should have gone to him. Players rally behind the co- the, uh, the defensive coordinator. They don't care less about Frank Wright. Frank Wright has done has done a, an awful job. It it would hurt if y'all hire him for the re- for for next season. If Frank Wright has a job for next season, watch out. Let's say y'all end the season at one and sixteen, right? In this case, you gotta fire him because you're one in sixteen, and now you're fighting. You're trying to get the number one pick again, <laughs> again. What what ceiling do you have? What do you have in the organization that needs to be fixed? As far as the coaching goes, the the main coach will be number one for me. Look at your coach. Look how the players respond to that coach. 
So my final take, Dallas 33, Carolina 10. Um, Sam Howe. I know I'm, I'm, I'm getting into this matchup because I know it's, it's important for Cowboys fans. I had, him, I had Sam Howe on my list as a breakout player. And he's done some good things. He likes to put the ball in the air. And, but again, his players love to fumble it. Logan Thomas is not a good tight end. He's not. Tara McLaurin, I, I, y'all need to get the ball to him. And I'm pretty sure Bland will be, will be covering him. I don't trust old Stephon, Stephon Gilmore. I don't trust him. I don't trust him guarding the, guarding the best receiver on the, on the team, on the commanders. I trust Bland guarding McLaurin. I want that to see that matchup. That's the number one matchup I want to see. McLaurin versus Bland. I want to see that. But Sam Howe, listen. Sam Howe is a turnover machine. Sam Howe loves to, he, he, he loves to run, but he doesn't, he's not the, he doesn't make quick decisions on his feet. But he's a good quarterback, though. And we do have to watch out for him. The running game, it's all right. You know, the, the, you know it's all right. B.J. Robinson, no, Robinson. Brian Robinson. Loves to run, but again, issues. Again, stop putting the ball on the ground. Hold the ball. Jonathan Allen is the left defensive tackle. I'm, I'm afraid of him defending against Zach Martin. So we might have to have, we might have to double Jonathan Allen. Yes. The same guy that did not get traded. <laughs> but they have some other guys on defense as well. Now, does this game equal a victory for the Cowboys? Maybe. I told y'all before the Eagles game, I said, well, actually, before the month started, I said, I'd rather lose to the, to the Commanders versus the Eagles. And now it's a must win after what happened last night to the Chiefs. The Chiefs suck. Every team in the NFL can beat them. How are you going to let those losers Eagles beat y'all? In Kansas City. And now we got to work extra hard and wish that the Eagles lose two more games, which the way it's looking, it's not going to happen. I think the Eagles are going to, they may lose one more game. Well, we may lose one or two more games, but it won't even matter about the division chance. You might as well crown them the divisional champs this season because they have they have all the right pieces. They make the right decisions on at the right time. So I want to play a clip, and then I want I want to play a clip from Jerry accepting. I'm sorry, inviting Jimmy Johnson to the Ring of Honor. Let's talk about, I want to talk about that, and also want to talk about the halftime performance, because I have some thoughts on the halftime performer. Let's, let's play the, let's play a clip, please. And 
I want you to know something. On December the 30th of 1923, you're going in the Dallas Cowboy Ring. Yeah! I hope it's 2023. I want to get this real clear. Okay? Three weeks from now. Let me just say this. A lot of people have talked about the tension between us. When we went to the Cowboys, we were both working around the clock and we talked every single day. We communicated back and forth. And Jerry and I talked about this just not too long ago. We never disagreed on anything. No, and it, it was tight, boy. Uh, uh, listen, we were losing a million a month in cash flow. And I'd had to buy part of the Cowboys from the FDIC. They'd been foreclosed on. Yeah, it was tight. And you really didn't know for sure how this thing was going to turn out. And frankly, uh, I had, as a matter of fact, when you signed your contract, right, it was signed by the Cowboys, right? And I reached over and I said, Jimmy, that's not what the paper it's written on. I don't think the Cowboys can pay. So I signed the contract for it at that particular time, right? Because I wanted you there. By the way, that was several weeks, maybe months, after he left Miami to come. That's the kind of relationship we had. Well, it, hey, the communication was so good in the early days. The only problem we had is there toward the end we stopped talking a little bit. But I tell you what, we're talking now, and we're friendly now. Well, we yeah. certainly yeah. are. We should Jimmy, Jimmy and Jerry, the Cow guys that have ever been on Hey, Jimmy and Jerry, your cowboy, the Cowboy Nation, the family, the city of Dallas, and all those around the country and around the world, the Cowboy fans, this is a great moment for all of them, as it is for all of us yeah. here at Fox. And for Jimmy in particular, thank you for joining us, Jerry yeah. Jones. Pleasure. Jimmy Jonathan, we will be there December. How about Jim Cowboys? Oh, there we go. And that will go in the ring of honor as well. December 30th, 2023. We will all be together for that one. Okay, so. You heard that announcement. Um, that, that's a great moment to see Jerry and, and Jimmy, you know, embrace. And I'm, I'm happy that Jimmy's going to the hall, to the Ring of Honor. Uh, long overdue, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, I'm, I'm happy for him. Uh, I wasn't born when, when, well, I was. But I really didn't pay attention to the, to the early Cowboys days of the 90s. How the Cowboys game, how the Cowboys were winning championships and uh, you know just a selling out the organization uh, during those 90s and I'm happy for Jim I'm happy for him uh, and I'm glad and I'm hoping to see that one on the summer 30th I'm hoping but nonetheless not only the Cowboys the Commanders are playing dance game today that is the midday spot on the on the NFL schedule. Let's talk about the halftime performer, Dolly Parton. Why? Why Dolly Parton? Out of all people that are on right now, you go after a 70-year-old woman, which no disrespect to Dolly Parton. Why? I I'm sorry. Some of the hardest artists right now, you could have gone after. You could have gone after uh, who else? Who who's hot right now? You could have gone after Taylor Swift, which it'll be a frenzy if 
if, if that were to happen, you could have gone out there Miley Cyrus, you could have gone out there um, Beyonce, SZA, yeah, SZA, Doja Cat, uh, the men's side, Jack Harlow, Jack Harlow is playing Detroit. Jack Harlow is playing in Detroit. Damn, they have it better than we do. This, this man, Jack Harlow, playing Drake, Twenty One Savage. I mean, there's a long list of artists that y'all could have chosen for this halftime performance. And now you're going to ask me to sit there and watch Dolly Parton play, sing for like 15 minutes. 15 minutes of my time. For that. This should have been fan. This should have been. Uh, who, who's making these decisions, by the way? This should have been fan participation. I would have said, hey, why don't you add Drake in there? How about for everyone? Everyone. Everyone together. Last year, I think it was last year, was the Jonas Brothers. I, I can't remember the previous years. But, but, this is not for everyone right now. This is not for everyone. To her credit, to her credit, she is a hall of a country singer, hall of famer. Yes, that's well respected. But right now, I want to see. Right now, I want to see more music. I want to see young artists like myself take the stage. That goes for everybody. I know people. Are, I know people who are like my age or younger would like to see that. I want to see it. Heck, I want to see Usher, but Usher's playing the Super Bowl. I want to see that, but yet I gotta watch this at the halftime. Which it won't. It won't be a bad halftime show. I don't. I'm not trying to disrespect Dow Dolly. I think it'll be a, a, a decent halftime show. I think it won't be as bad. But if you're gonna ask me to sit there for 15 minutes, is there is there basketball on? I think there's basketball on. So I might watch basketball at halftime. Okay? But I will watch the performance though. Just half of it. I'm not happy about that. I'm not happy about that. Jack Harlow's in Detroit. Why not bring him some type of why 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 don't you bring him to Dallas? But anyways, I just I I don't know now. I don't know what goes on in, in these decisions. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Alright, so I do think we'll, we'll beat the commanders. We'll be eight and three. The commanders will be four and eight. And at that time, if the commanders, if, if the commanders think they're in the play, in the postseason hunt after this game, they may they must be kidding themselves. They must be kidding themselves. Like if y'all lose this game, you realize that you're going to be fighting with six other teams for three wild card spots, including us. You know that. You're not fighting for no division unless unless something miraculous comes down. 
<laughs> You're not doing it. Like I told y'all, like I told Commander fans, y'all should take a deep look at Ron Rivera. Take a deep look at Ron Rivera and see the results. The results haven't been there in the last three years. Sorry, Angelo. It hasn't been there. There's no Super Bowl team in Washington. There is any. Period. So, I got the Cowboys winning this game. Despite all I said, despite all the sacks they gave to Danny DeVito, eight times they sacked it. First of all, you're not going to touch that. You will never touch, well, actually, you may touch that. I'll, I'll give y'all two or three sacks. How about that? You're going to sack tack two or three times. But we got the best offensive line in, 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 the, in the division. Ask the Eagles. So, so it's going to be a great game. And like I said, Cowboys win. I don't have the score yet, but Cowboys win. All right, let's go to some college football. So let's talk about let's talk about the worst game, uh, the worst game of the week. Which we won't we won't talk about them after after the season. So after let's say after after next week, we won't talk about the football team of UNT. We will not talk about that because you know why? Because it's not going anywhere. They're not going to the college. They're not going to the college football playoff. Damn sure not going to the bowl game. But they won. Am I supposed to be excited about that? I'm not excited about that. I'm not excited about a victory against you against a, 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 a bad Tulsa team. I'm not excited about that. This orgies this college won't go up. The 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 transfers happen. People who quit the team happen. All that stuff, man. You gotta find ones that are dependent to stay, and they 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 understand the culture that they're building. Now that culture has to turn into championships. I'm sorry, it has to turn into championships at some point. Because you didn't win the conference, you say you damn sure didn't win. You won the Sun Belt, but that was like in 2004. But right now, it's got to be about championships. Are we going to win in 2024? The American Athletic Conference. Are we going to win that in 2024? Or are we going to win the ball game? What needs to happen first? Like, you, you can literally lose. You can literally get to the championship. You can win. You can, you can easily breeze through the division. We already know how tough it's going to be. Right? We already uh, bowl game, bowl game as tough as the, as it is. You move to another conference, you're gonna play against a tougher opponent in that conference. In this case, Unity is not going anywhere. Now you may have an opportunity next year, next season. You may because UTSA may go down without their head coach Jeff Trailer. I'll be very surprised if he, if he does not get that Texas A&M job. I'll be very surprised. And I'll question why. Why? 
if he doesn't get the job. But it's not a race issue. I just want them to hire the best candidate. Someone that, that, that has a great resume. Eagles great success. Kevin Sullivan had a great resume. You need to keep it for another season. But that's that's long gone. Y'all don't y'all don't, y'all don't care about uh, Kevin Sullivan. You, you only care about Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> you only care about him. You only that's why you gave him the, the, the money that you gave him. But nonetheless, I don't. But nonetheless, anyways, I just said all that last week. Um, but let's talk about this North Texas team. The defense. I was I was not impressed with the, with the defense at all. Um, again, but the defense did make some good stops. So I'm I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with their good stops. Uh, Kirk Francis had went 17 for 34 for 251 and three touchdowns and, and an interception. So. He, he put up decent numbers, not great, but decent enough to put them in a position to win. The reason why Tulsa didn't win this game is because they couldn't find an offense possession in the second half. They couldn't find some consistency in the second half. You gotta remember, this game was tied at 21 to half. Kirk Francis made some throws. He is their quarterback. Whether you believe it or not, in Tulsa. But defensively, North Texas gave up 21. Anthony Walkers, they gave he, they gave him 115 yards on 21 carries, and he scored a touchdown. They also gave Bill Jackson 15 carries for 87 yards. They also gave Camden Brun, Brun, Camden ben, Benjamin 8 for 93 and a touchdown. That's Eight receptions, but the defense came through. They decided the quarterback three times, and it, and they forced a turnover and an interception. So, where was this defense in the first half of the season when you were sitting? You you sit only four, but you dropped seven. Why? You know that we don't have the best secondary in the in the land. So you went ahead and forced their hand. You went ahead and sent five or six players. At the quarterback, it doesn't matter if you're the rookie quarterback or your season. You gotta be able to send five or six at the line, make him think a little bit, force his hand. But I, I just don't know why we're doing this now. Why we're, we're we're completely out of it? You realize that yeah, you send five or six. I know we don't have the best defense in the league, but it, it's manageable. It's something. That, that could have been done, something could have been fixed. Now, if they want to throw over the top, they could have thrown over the top. But I do think we could have, I do think majority of the games could have been won on defense. If we made the right defensive calls and give our offense a chance. You gave your offense a chance in this game, but but it's too late. It's too late to bl- to throw a blitz now. You're not. You're. You're only preparing for the next game, and the next game turns into the next season. You're not going anywhere. So why do it now? And in that point, if I'm Eric Morris, I come in Sunday morning, right, or Monday for that matter, and I look at my coaching staff, and I say, 
Who do I need to keep? Who needs to go? Who needs to stay? What happened here? Can the running back go? I'm sorry, can the running back stay? Can the my receiver coach stay? I look at every individual coach before the player. Because players make decisions on their own. I, I'm not in the notion of, okay, we're this player is going to be built for the future of that college. Now, if he loves, if he or she loves the college, they're going to stay. They're going to stay. Then you have something. Then you can say whatever you want. But in the worlds of the NIL and also in the worlds of their mindset, players want to go and win. Players want to go and elevate their stock. Whereas the NFL draft or their NIL deals, whatever they want to go do, they want to elevate their brand. We've seen this. We know this before. So don't think that North Texas is going to have the same team. It's not going to happen. They're not going to have the same team. We know this. We know that transfers happen. The quarterback Chandler Rogers can get up in the morning and say, hey, um, you know, I'm transferring again. And then at that point, he has to sit out again. I just realized that last week. I realized you can't transfer twice. So it was interesting. It was interesting. But that's why I always say players, make the, you got to make the right decisions. Offensively, Chandler Rogers went 90 for 31 for 294, three touchdowns. He rushed for one. Uh, Oscar Alloway, 16 for 126 on a touchdown. Ayo, 16 for 121. This team had almost 600 yards of total offense. 593 to be exact. Rogers, even though he threw for 294 and three touchdowns and he ran for one, he was sacked five times. The offensive line did not play well. And that's why I said, I said, players make their own decisions to come to North Texas. And again, North Texas is not a bad school. It's not a bad school at all. It's just the football program sucks. And I can say that. Uh, yeah, they didn't block well. Your quarterback got sacked five times. And then now against UAB, I don't know what's good the outcome going to be. You might have to you might have to figure out a way to protect Chandler Rogers a little bit, a little bit better. All right, so North Texas plays UAB next week. There's nothing to, to it. We'll definitely dive into it next week and close that chapter on the football program and move on to basketball and also move on to Texas game. Now, so this Texas game, I guess I will say that I watched. And I should have never watched. I should have just gone to the party and, and all that stuff. So, Iowa State, they took care of business against Iowa State. I, I for there, for a second there, I thought, okay, you know, again, Texas is in these one possession games again. And the defense is not performing well in the second half. So, it's all deja vu. The last three games, they haven't performed well in the second half. So, how would I say this? How would I say that Texas is ready for the college football playoff? They need a lot of help. Texas is seven right now. They need a lot of help, guys. Washington, uh, I think Oregon's ahead of them. Uh, you got to remember Alabama's down below, below you. 
They could be, yeah. Um, yeah. That's as of right now. Now, tonight could be completely different. You got Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and Florida State. Now, I want to give a uh, I want to give a shout out uh, a prayers and speedy recovery to Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis suffered a lower leg injury. He's gonna be out for a long time. So I just want to send my well wishes to him in that sense. But how does Texas make the college football playoff? You just hope for a miracle. You hope that Ohio State beats Michigan. You hope that uh, Florida State does their job against Florida. You hope Washington does their job against Washington State. And then you hope Oregon does their job against Oregon State. Even though that Oregon Oregon, Oregon State, that is a tougher matchup. If you look at it. I think that's a tough matchup than Florida, Florida, Florida State and Washington, Washington State. I'm worried. I'm a little worried for Oregon on that one. Now, if Texas can get to Texas Tech, beat them, then I think I I think Texas has a chance to move up. Maybe at the five spot if if Washington suddenly loses to Washington State, or maybe the four. If there's an, an, an upset anywhere, whether it's this weekend or in the conference championship games, Texas has to win their own. So they got to win all out and then have Michigan lose twice. And then we'll go from there. So, but Georgia, I think Georgia beats Alabama. I think, I think they'll be Alabama. I'm not worried about Georgia stuff, uh, but Texas—they do need—they do need a lot of help. They gotta just take care of business against Tech, which it won't be easy. It will not be easy taking care of business against Tech. Uh, even though Tech is bound for their defense, they made some few defensive stops against these teams recently, and it, they are actually five and three. So if you're if you're if you're saying that Texas Tech can, can play this team against Texas in the Big 12 championship game. My gosh. We just got to see who they beat. Because right now, you got Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, K-State, all 6-2. We got to see if Texas Tech beat K-State, OU, and Oklahoma State. I don't know if they did or not. I didn't really pay attention to, to those games. But, but I'm, I'll do some deep research and see if they did because if they did then we and they did but if they beat texas then texas they're they're literally in the driver's seat to participate in the big 12 championship game but do you face tech i mean ou plays byu uh, oklahoma state plays k no, oklahoma state oklahoma state play, no i'm sorry tcu plays oklahoma byu plays oklahoma state then you got West Virginia and Baylor, which actually West Virginia is five and three as well. Uh, Case Texas, no sorry, who plays K State? Plays, oh, Iowa State. Iowa State plays K State. So, also Iowa State is five and three. A good problem to have. Five and three, six and two. 
So I don't know. That could all of them could be out. It wouldn't even matter. It's just we just gotta see who who gets that second spot first. I feel like Texas will play Oklahoma again. And I do think Texas honestly their defense, the way they have played ever since that OU game in the second half, they're not ready for OU. So if you were to ask me, I actually, you know what? I don't think they're ready for any other teams they're playing against. And I'm talking about defensively. So it's guys. So you got to force Quinn Arrow's hand a little bit. I think you have to make make him play quarterback again. You got to force his hand a little. Bit. Which Quinn Earl er, er, Ewers is not used to doing. He's not used to throwing. He's not used to throwing for 40 plus passes, which I think that may have to happen. Without their main running back, John DeBrooks. I mean, you're not going to, you're not, I mean, to CJ Braxton's credit, you're not going to have the same amount of success against. You may you may have it against Tech, but against OU or Oklahoma State or any other those teams that you play in the championship game, it's gonna be difficult running the ball. That's my main issue with Texas at this point. Even though CJ Baxter had 117 yards on two and 20, 20 carries, their main issue is running the football. You don't have your your Bell Count Jonathan Brooks in there. So now to me, to me, you you may have to put it in Quinn Earl's hands, and they and thank God they have a good receiver core. You may have to. Just what the defense gives you. So to me, Texas needs a lot of help in the college football playoff, and if they make it, now you beat Tech, take care of business. You don't mess around with Tech. Tech has played well the last three games. You take care of business against them, then we're saying something. All you gotta do is just put the ball in the hands of Baxter, and that's it. Just have them run, have him run for hundred yards. Keep his favorite worthy, yeah, um, happy. Keep him going, moving. Tech is not gonna guard guard y'all. Tech is not gonna do anything to y'all. Remember when in the in the Big Twelve meetings, right? I can remember this vividly with the Big 12 commissioner, Brent Yaw, I can't, Yaw, man, it doesn't even matter who the commissioner at the Big 12 is. He said, beat, just beat Texas. He said that to a bunch of Texas Tech boosters and a bunch of Texas Tech alums, all of them, players included, coaching staff, he said beat Texas. And I'm pretty sure Steve Sarkeesian or the coaching staffs or players who have heard that, put it in, in other teammates, coaches, staff head that says, hey, remember in July, Brent Yambra, the commissioner said, beat, 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 have Texas State beat us. Remember that in the summer? Your own commissioner said, beat Texas. Your own commissioner on the way out. That's bulletin material. I put that on and have no one erase it. Don't erase it. Because you know why? Because come November 24th at 6.30 p.m., we're going to snap the ball. We're going to pound it to tech. Period. There'll be no fighting that game. There's nothing to fight. 
towards them but we're gonna fight to the end we're gonna win and we're gonna we're gonna go to the big 12 championship game in dallas and we're gonna win that as well and we're gonna show everyone that hey on the way out we have a championship ring in our own conference on the way out and it will build momentum for the sec it will So, it's tough. It's a lot of tougher games this weekend, this college football weekend. Uh, I'm going to do my best to dive into it on when I on TikTok and all that stuff. So, it's going to be a great weekend for, for college football. Great Black Friday. A lot of football, a lot of basketball on. It's a, it's a good problem to have. Especially on the last, last, uh, last game of college, uh, last the last games of the college football season. Now we get to the nitty gritty of the college football playoff, the conference championship games, and the college football playoffs. So I'm ready for it. I am all for it. Now, guys, that's it for the football talk. Thank you. But coming up next, we're still not done. We got to talk about North Texas basketball. We're going to talk about North Texas basketball. And also, Let's dive into this Angel Reese situation and my thoughts on it. Since everybody wants to have an opinion on on, on the the best superstar, well, actually the best player right now in LSU, and bring all these distractions and make all these assumptions, we don't even know the truth. I don't even know. Kim Mulkey knows. They know, but they're not going to. Because I'll explain it in a second. But first, coming up next, we'll do it. Coming up next is Beyond the Game on Fishbowl Radio.
you take a shot, we intoxicated Tastes so sweet, like the rapper, baby She never was a freak and she said you made me Forever, forever, ever, juicy baby Smell like a Look like me and two of my boys playing casino. 
Welcome back to Beyond the Game podcast on Fishbowl Radio. Uh, my name is Jamie again. So, um, so basketball. I talk about college basketball. <laughs> is it full swing right now, guys? So, the teams that I want to talk about, North Texas and uh, the men's and women's. So, let's start with three games. Actually, you know what? I didn't really get to the third game because I knew I knew it was going to be a blowout. So I'm not going to dive into that third game. I don't like to watch blowouts. Sorry, but anyways. So, but I did take some piece of information from that third game that I watched. Okay, so let's start with the St. John's and the uh, LG matchup. So St. John's, more physical team, playing the biggies. We lost in that 53 to 52 last Thursday. Uh, I know uh, Aaron Scott had 13 points, seven rebounds. He was actually well. Did I did I tell y'all that he was player of the week last week? So not his best outing, but but it is what it is. And uh, St. Joe's, yeah, you know they, they started to go inside a little bit more. Um, I do question. That we don't have a post presence, so we're weak. We're weak inside, guys. We are weak in the paint. And I'm not talking about driving the paint. I'm talking about post defense in the paint. So we can't guard anybody. This is why in the paint. This is why LSU went to Will uh, Will Clark, not Will Clark, Will Baker in the second half. They say, you know what, Will and Joel, Joel, Joel Serrano. We're gonna post y'all up against our their weaker opponents, and y'all are gonna dominate. That's what they did. So right now we need a we need to work on post defense. So I'm gonna write this down. Post defense. We want. We need to be able to move guys outside the paint and make them feel uncomfortable. Make the, force their hand by shooting a, a mid range jump shot outside the paint, which. That's tough to do for a bigger man. 
also, I saw that uh, I saw we're still playing good defense, but we're, we're fouling out a lot. So we got to watch out for the fouls, guys. I know I don't know what the average of our fouls is per game, but at the same time, we are fouling a lot to the point where one or two guys maybe fouling out every single game, and our depth again, our depth is limited. We're playing eight guys. So, we got to watch for fouls. Watch for fouls. We got to watch for fouls. We got to play defense without fouling. I know I, I understand the aggressive defense. I get moving your hand, arms and around and trying to get the ball, trying to get the steal. I get it. But don't overdo it by picking up ticky-tack fouls, which is 30 feet from the basket. Now, we got a bunch of shooters on the. We got we got some shooting on this team. We got John Briggs, who is way too high. Hasn't made a shot in the last two games. I question his, his hype. I question when you have too much hype, you're, you're trying to be the best player you can be. But I mean, I'm not saying you're not. I'm saying that just. How would I say this? Let me say it in the positive. Let's work on your game first. I understand you're making plays out there. I get it. But John, let's make some few. Let's let's shoot the ball first because your shooting is needed in conference play. Listen, I don't care about the ticket tech schedule that y'all are gonna play in the next few weeks. I care about the shooting from my two guards. Two guard has to be able to shoot. So, not only Jason Errors is going to get involved, but John Bricks, he has to get involved at some You can make plays, all this stuff, hype the team up, I get it. But you have to make plays when your numbers call. But also, I will. I want to pinpoint this: contested shots. We gotta stop taking contested shots. Meaning that there is a defender in the face that you're shooting the ball. Uh, there's no rhythm. There's no rhythm. What rhythm are you playing with when you're shooting a contested three-point shot? You're catching it on the bounce, and the defender's in front of you. Like drive. I know the shot clock's running down, but don't don't play to the shot clock. That shit is over. Every the last three or four seasons, you play until the shot clock, and I and I, I hated it. Why? So basically, you're running your offense at 10 seconds on the shot clock left. Why don't you just run your offense at 15? That way, you know you get some rhythm going instead of just taking contested shots. You gotta stop it. Stop taking such a shot. Ridiculous. Also, another thing, my fourth thing. I have five things for the men's basketball team to work on. So if you don't play another game to Sunday, then uh, the 26th. Which, I don't know if I should go for it or not. I, I'm really debating on it. But, anyways. Um, December the 6th. 
not this November 26th. Uh, November 26th. I know you're not going to work on these things I'm telling you. But it's going to take time. It's early. I get it. This is your fifth. This is your sixth game coming out. Um, I also say about the depth. I question the depth, the depth last year. And I said, why is North, why can't North Texas add another person to that depth? I mean, I'm, players on the bench know that they that they're not gonna have enough depth. They know that. They know those players on the bench know that. Hey, we're gonna play our three guys on the bench. They know that the starters are gonna come. The bench, the, the players on the bench are gonna come as well. Now we get into foul trouble. We might have to add another guard, so we might have to go small. It hurts. You pretty sure have some big guys there. You might. They're not as big. They're like six nine, six ten. We are the smallest team in the conference, hands down. So, I want to add one more player to the depth, to, to your depth chart. I'm gonna add one more player. Add one more player. One more player to the depth chart. So you, you'll play nine instead of eight. That's my idea. My final thing is that not only else you shot fifty percent. St. John shot 40 plus percent. I'm not really concerned about that. Um, I'm also concerned about the possessions. The possessions are, are, are killing me. Uh, we're, we're not. We're not. I, I don't know what type of team we are. Um, I, I, we're not a fast-breaking team, hands down. We like to slow it up. We like to. We like to have teams play our pace. So what happens if a team plays in that faster place? What happens if a team wants to get out and run? Are you able to get back on defense? Are you able to um, uh, pinpoint who you get, who you got in transition? So I do want to speed up the pace a little bit because we get we got some high flyers on that team. I want the speed of play pace up a little bit. So instead of getting instead of wasting the whole entire shot clock. Why don't you just get a shot at 25 seconds on the clock? You can literally beat teams down the court. You don't have to beat the lesser teams down the court. But you can beat the better teams down the court by running a fast break offense. So I want to get out and run more. And get more transitions. At some point, we got to get transitions. Because at, at this point in time, you're going to play into the team chance. And like I said, our one game will be against uh, Angelo State, I think. That, that, that's, that's what they call it. Angelo State. <laughs> I think that's what they call <laughs> Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so, yeah that, that's the next opponent. I don't know who, who did. I, I could be wrong. But... Uh, <laughs> But that's the they played. <laughs> uh, so, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to understand Ms. Basketball for the next week or so. So hopefully they do what I say. And we move on from that. <laughs> uh, so, let's get to Ms. Basketball. They 
they beat they beat their opponents. They they beat they beat Santa Fe. They beat them beat them often, and they also beat. Uh, so that's other than noise was a tougher game than uh, than uh, Stephen F. Austin game. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, yeah, because uh, because we beat them handily. You know, Stephen F. Austin has nothing. Uh, Jesse Carlin has 17 points, and 14 rebounds. This, this team, this women's team is different. They're really different, guys. Uh, this is not last year where we were just like just playing so slow, and I question the I question I question Jay Lee Mitchell's coaching, but I'm not I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of questioning Jason Burton right now. And the reason why is because I don't understand why we continue to play. Like, we continue to you know I, I love the scoring. Don't get me wrong. I think that is the main improvement from last year. The scoring has gone up. I love it. I think we're averaging 70 points. Hey, I saw the stat. We're averaging 82 points a game. That's because we, we beat the team by 71 points. It doesn't even matter. I don't care about that. What I care about. And we and by the way, we forced the 39 turnovers, which by the way, that is unheard of. 39 turnovers in a basketball game, I have never seen that before. But we forced 39 turnovers to UNT Dallas, which to the credit, it's not, it's nothing. It's just UNT Dallas. That's it. Um, and I want to give a shout out to Jasmine Balls. Jasmine Balls, you did nothing in this game. You are you played at UNT last season. You didn't get any playing time, which. Yeah, it's fair that you transfer, that you want more playing time at a school that 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 doesn't doesn't celebrate basketball. So there you go. And then you were worried about Jalen Mitchell leaving. Like why? Why are you worried about a coach leaving? You you had an opportunity to stay on this basketball team to get more minutes other than Jason <laughs> other than Jason Burton. You had an opportunity. <laughs> you wasted the opportunity going to going going down north. So, with that being said, um, that's your fault. But anyways, I, listen, I'm happy for you. I don't even know you, but I'm happy for you. Now, certainly the noise was tough. Uh, this, this was a tougher matchup. I don't know how we won this game, but we, we did. We won this game because we had timely possessions that we hit some timely shots. Like I said, this team is different this year. And I like it. It doesn't pertain to success. I saw a lot of weaknesses of the reason why these announcers say, say we're not going to finish 12th in the conference. But... I kind of agree that they won't finish 12 in the college, even though the module says they will. But I'm saying, I think you got to move that up by two. So I think they should have been at least a 10. But these announcers say they may be better than the opponents. Like, there's some good American conference teams out there that are better than us. Like, we haven't even played a, a real team yet. 
Well, Saturday Night is, is a real team, but we haven't played a conference game yet, and that will re- that will really determine where we're at as far as this season goes. So, really, honestly, let's let, let's let's cue the noise a little bit. Now, I got some five things they need to work on. Even though we're four and one, and that's great and all, but let's not celebrate that yet. So number one, we, we're turning the ball over 20 times. You know me, I'm big on turnovers. Even though these coaches don't care about turnovers, I'm big on it. You think if a coach cares about turn, cares about turning the ball over 20 times a game, it's embarrassing stat to have. This North Texas team is turning the ball over 20 times a game. Nothing, again, that needs to improve. Because you're going to lose a bunch of games turning the ball over 20 times a game. You're shooting 48%, which I love. Which I love. I love that you're shooting 48%. Your rebounding kind of needs to improve, but you're you averaging 42 rebounds a game, which I love. Because uh, at least we we got some dogs on this team that are rebounding the basketball, that care about the game. And that's everybody. Defensively, it's been all right. I didn't even see the stat that we how many how many bring up the, well we're giving up sixty points a game defensively I saw that stat yeah so it's been good it's been good defensively um, our next three let me say this Sanford that is that that that's a tournament in Mississippi that is a one o'clock game on Friday then you got Saturday morning I had to confirm it twice. Was ESPN? I thought it was an error on the website, on the Miss Green Green website. I thought it was an error, but on ESPN it says that game is at eight o'clock in the morning, Saturday morning. Now you're asking me to get up at seven o'clock to watch that game at eight o'clock in Mississippi. What in the world is that? What is the world? Who is playing a college basketball game at eight o'clock in the freaking morning on Saturday? I can understand 11 o'clock. I get it. But at 8 o'clock? Are you worried about college football? It doesn't even matter. But at 8 o'clock in the morning, I've never played at 8 o'clock in the morning. Well, then you know what? I take that back. Yes, I have. Well, play, well in high school, I, I did. Yes. Yeah. It's tough. You're asking college players to go to bed at 8 o'clock to wake up at 6 in the morning to practice and then get ready to play the game at 8 o'clock in the freaking morning college football are you worried about college football you shouldn't be you shouldn't be college football will be played yes yes but you're playing basketball people people are not going to be interested in in, in college basketball I'm sorry some are going to be not going to be. In, maybe their favorite team is not playing on Saturday. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're playing. Uh, there's, there's two different teams. Maybe they care about watching college basketball every Friday morning. Maybe they care about watching college basketball all day. That was shocking to me, and I hope at some point they change that time. Then you got then you come home 
after a long road trip. You come home to Pepperdine, which is next Friday, which is the day of the award. Now, oh, on the day of the Fishbowl Awards. Now, I'll tell you, and Angela will tell, will, will say, hey, don't go to that game, uh, because that game's not important then. Fishbowl Awards it is, which I am up for one, which is shocking. I don't, I, I don't know how to celebrate that. I'm not celebrating that. It's just a, it's just a, a nomination. But, but, Angela will say, hey, why are you, why, go, just go to the awards. Go have fun. Samuel probably tell me the same thing. Go to the awards. Have fun. Don't go to this game. Because this game will be a blowout. I'm pretty sure they'll tell me that. But anyway, they won't tell me that. They'll say, hey. <laughs> hey, we would like for you to do that. Okay, we'll see what happens. But nonetheless, I'm not. I'm, well, nonetheless, they'll, they'll be at home. December 1st. And it's going to be a bit. It's going to be. A busy month for everybody. All right, so we'll see what happens in, in this tournament, and we'll give our thoughts about it next week. Now, Angel Reese, the girl of the hour, the woman of the hour. Let me tell first things first. Before we get to all the controversy, let me tell you her stats real quick. Against Colorado, she played 30 minutes. She scored 15 points and 12 rebounds. She went 6 for 15 from the field. That's against Colorado. Colorado double-teed her. Rightfully so. Colorado was the physical team that day. Queens, this is a, a lesser team. So, they're, so we're going on the path of playing lesser teams. Queens. She played 25 minutes, scored 28 points and 14 rebounds, and went 9 for 15 from the field. They won that game 112 to 95. But she put she put up great numbers that day. Mississippi State Valley. She played 20 minutes, had 14 points and 10 rebounds, and she went three for 10 for the first. But she wasn't needed in that game because that game, that game was worthless. Then Kent State. This where the drama happened. She played 13 minutes, had 11 points and five rebounds. They won the game 109 to 79. The main. This is why this is why I just told someone outside before before I, I got into the station today. I don't talk about one person. I talk about everybody. And everybody wants to know the reason why Angel Reese was benched. And I'm about to tell you that right now. But first, this is why I don't talk about one player. I talk about Michaela Williams. Michaela Williams got the got got the limelight right out of her. She scored 42 points that game. If I'm her team, I'm celebrating her. But the media does not want to celebrate moderate success by one player that we have never heard of. Guys like me celebrate the player that scored 42 points. That Against Kent State, that's tough to do. No matter what the opponent is. Who the opponent is. Then you got Southeastern Louisiana. You won that game. She didn't play Texas Southern. And I'm pretty sure she's not going to play in the tournament in the Camden Islands. But now, if she doesn't play, if they don't take her on this trip to the Camden Islands, there's a real issue going on. But 
Kim Mulkey. There's two clips that we want to play from Kim Mulkey. Let's play those two clips from the one that Friday night that she said and the one last night I guess sex was from. Let's play the clip, please. You want me to explain? Angel is a part of this basketball team and we hope you see her sooner than later. I'm not... I'm not going to answer anymore. That's it. That's all y'all need to know. Okay? You always have to deal with locker room issues. That's just part of coaching. In 40 years, I can never think of a time where I didn't have to deal with issues. That's what coaches do. Sometimes y'all know about them and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you want to know more than you're entitled to know. I'm going to protect my players, always. They are more important. It's like a family, Scott. Let me ask you this. If you do some discipline of your own children, do you think we're entitled to know that? That's a family in that locker room. So, anyway. Oh, and by the way, they do, they do play Angelo State. So that, that is a real college. <laughs> so, uh... So, but let's get to this Angel Reese stuff. I don't know where to start. But from a student athlete perspective, me, I'm speaking on a student athlete perspective. If it's the grades that is the problem, she would never play that game if it, if it was the grades. That doesn't make any sense. She got benched against Kent, against Kent State because she wasn't playing to the up standards. She wasn't playing well in that game. Kim Mulkey expected a lot from her. It is not about grades. If it wasn't about grades, then she would have never played. Ever. But if this is not about grades, everyone. It's not about a 2.0 GPO. They would have taken care of that uh, uh, three weeks from now. I'm pretty sure in my eyes, right, I, 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 I know I graduated college 10 to 12 years ago. I'm pretty sure by by mid-December, you will have your grades out, and that will determine if that player plays uh, uh, in the second half of the season. Not the first half. This has nothing to do with grades at all. Father J. Johnson's mother needs to shut up because she is absolutely wrong. She's stirring up the drama. Now this is this is about this is now from my perspective this is about issues on the court and off the court. We don't know what those issues are. Again, I can only speak from the student athlete. The student athlete is getting much slime. Andrew Reese is getting a lot. NIL deals, uh, everything thrown at her. When you can't manage it, it gets to your head a lot. And your play, does, you, you, you change your mindset. The play falls off. It falls off. And I'm like, we, I'm like, y'all are expecting her to average double dollar. Y'all are expecting her to play against uh, Texas Southern. Y'all are expecting to, to dominate against su su Southeastern Louisiana. Well, somebody else can have that shine. She have one or two struggle games. It's fine. It's all right. Like, what are we doing? 
I know the tension is, is in her head. I get it. I know she's very popular. That's uh, that's an understatement. Yes, but at the same time, you have you have to understand that Angel Reese is a human being. Angel Reese has a mo- uh, has a responsibility and accountability for herself, herself first, then other people second. And Kim Moki, again, cannot hold your hand forever. That's why she's very mum on the situation because she because when she releases that image to you guys, y'all want to stir it around and make it a big issue. Some will support, some will not. Some uh, on those will not will not support will will say, oh hey, <clears throat> excuse me, oh hey, uh, you're not supposed to be doing this. They laugh at your face. That's why Kim Mulkey knows the game. She is playing the game. Kim Mulkey knows society. She may talk about old 40s, 50s stuff. That's who she is. But again, she is doing the right thing by holding information. And by the way, she is not your babysitter forever. She protects the family like she said. When you leave Federal or LSU, you, Kim Mulkey, cares about the players on her staff, on her staff, on her team. She doesn't care about you outside of it, which is why I, I apply her for not, not commenting on the Brittany Griner situation. Everybody wants to bring that up and say, Kim Mulkey, she, Brittany Griner's in Russia. She's your coach. Brittany Griner has a lot of support out there. Kim Mulkey is still a supporter of Brittany Griner. But it's a personal relationship. Kim Mulkey is not going to talk about Brittany Griner when he, in press conferences. Same for Angel Reese. Like she said, Angel Reese is part of this team, and, and we'll we'll address it going from there. Internally in the locker room, in private one-on-ones. Y'all are not in those meetings. Y'all don't know. I'm pretty sure if, if they filmed a one-on-one meeting between Quinn Mulkey and Angel Reese, I'm pretty sure y'all will critique it. To kick it to kick stupidly and Kim Mulkey will say something else. And that's what Kim Mulkey is trying to do. Kim Mulkey is saying, get out of our business. Let's focus on the other players on that on the team. Let's focus on Haley Lip Let's focus on Nisha Morris. Let's focus on Michaela Williams. Let's focus on the uh Let's Tears Powell. Let's focus on the other. I got other players that I need to coach. Other players I need to do. Andrew Reese will come back when it's ready. And I'll tell you this. If she if they play the Camden Isles this upcoming weekend, if she's not on that plane, there's a real issue. There's a real issue in that locker room. That we're not we're not we're not going to hear from. Andrew Reese has said, please don't believe you what you hear. Hey. I'm out of it. I'm out of it. Andrews, you do what you got to do. We will welcome you back with open arms. That's it. That's it. Like, yeah, it's a real issue. But at the same time, let's keep it private. You don't know what that woman's going to. It's like, it's like, it's, it's like, a fa- it's like a relationship, right? I don't talk about my relationships on the show because it's private to me. Like maybe one day I'll talk about, it, but I don't really talk about that because this is a sports show, a sports podcast, and I keep it on sports. But 
If I want to talk about other issues, I'll talk about what's that person. I won't tell the whole world. The whole world will un- will say, okay, we'll be indifferent. Okay, well, maybe you don't like this. Okay, maybe they'll say this. They give you, they're not, they're not even suggesting. They're not even suggesting. They're just giving their own stupid opinion, and that's it. And I'm telling you from a player's pr- perspective, I want to play for Coach Mulkey. I want if, if 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 she's saying that, if she's not dishing out all the goods to the media, I want to play for Kim Mulkey. Kim Mulkey is the realest the realest coach in America. Other coaches dish out information to, about about their team, call out players when it's not necessary. So it's an individual thing versus a teammate. Andrew Weiss will come back when it's time. There's a lot in this season. They're gonna hand LSU and Kim Mulkey. They're gonna handle it closed doors. Let them handle it. This is not about grades. It's not about what you're thinking about. This is a team issue. Kim Mulkey's got this. She will never tell y'all because y'all are gonna twist it around. And make it your own word and tell it to other people and think uh, and other people are going to say are, are going to agree with what you say about the injury situation because you've been in those shoes i've been in those shoes as a player i kind of i know what andrew reese is going through andrew reese at the end of the day is going to handle it herself she's human kimoki again it's not gonna hold your hand forever kimoki is going to say I could give you a basketball scholarship. You have to make the decision of whether you want to play on this team or not. You got to handle your own issues off the court. Okay, she's not in the NIL stuff. She agrees with the NIL, all this stuff. Like players getting paid, getting shine. She loves it. But again, she's not going to hold your hand. Any decision you make outside the court. And that's true. That's you. That's on you. That's any decisions that we make in life as humans, whether it's good or bad. So again, Kim Mulkey is doing her job protecting the players and coaching the basketball team. She wants to focus on coaching the basketball team, winning championships, and not dealing with the drama that comes within. Until Andrew Weiss tells us, tells us personally, instead of her friends or her teammates. I'm pretty sure the team knows And the team has instructed To say Don't say anything on social media Don't say anything in press conferences That is the conversation That the team has been instructed to do And they're doing the right thing But listen If y'all want to believe, believe it Then go ahead and believe it To each his own Because you know I'm all about now, I said a lot today, guys. I wish Angel Reese the best. I wish her well, and I wish she comes back on the court soon rather than later. Take her time. There's a whole season left. The team is playing well without you. It's okay. It's all right. Basketball is going to be there whenever. If, if you don't pick it up or somebody else will, it will be there. Basketball games will be played. Somebody else is always picking up a ball and bouncing and all that stuff. We're good. We're fine. LSU fans, you okay? Andrew Reese fans, you all right? You okay? Relax. The team is doing great. 
They should be honored. Y'all should pack the stadium when they come back from the Camden Islands. Islands. Y'all should pack the stadium when they, should, when they come back. When they play against Virginia Tech on November 30th, y'all should pack the stadium. Not just for Angel Ruiz, but for the team itself. Alright. So, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Uh, really didn't want to get into my Warriors stuff, but I'll try to dive that in next week. And hopefully, if we have the Andrew Reese update that I want to talk about, then we will talk about it. Nonetheless, it'll be all right. Now, next week, we'll talk about the Commanders matchup, and also, we may have a special guest. But guys, thank you for watching and listening to this podcast, Beyond the Game Podcast on Fishbowl Radio. Make sure you listen and subscribe to wherever you go. And y'all take care of yourselves. Happy Thanksgiving again. And we will see you next week on Fishbowl Radio's Beyond the Game. Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Jenty Show, broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Jenty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in.